All right, I need to figure out how to talk. <laughs> what the fuck, man? I have never been so impaired in my entire life. Huh. <laughs> that bad? Apparently. <laughs> 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 Episode 124 of the Lifecast. I'm your host, Gregory Fernandez, and I'm joined by two lovely, beautiful people Dan Sylvia. Yo. And Deanna Manessi. Hello. I do apologize for myself this podcast. I'm a bit, uh. What's the word you would use? Inebriated? Yeah. High? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so, if this ends up being a shit show, I'm posting it regardless. All right. We have definitely had worse. <laughs> <laughs> so, just to start off, Dan, it's been a while since yeah. you've been on. Let us know what you've been up to. Uh, Well, last weekend was Anime Boston. <gasps> so, yeah. It was pretty cool. Uh, I went to everything involving City Hunter. Uh, for those who don't know, City Hunter is a, it's an 80s classic. It's a really good time. Uh, and that was lit. I got to meet the guy who made City Hunter. I got a picture with him. He seemed super nice. I couldn't tell for sure because I didn't speak Japanese and he didn't speak English, but <laughs> he gave he off good guy vibes. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. He gave off good guy vibes. Uh, the con was really a whole lot of nothing, but it was like a good nothing. <laughs> uh, other than that, uh, I rearranged my entire room. Nice. Uh, everything is on a different wall now. I have so much space. I'm really happy with it. Isn't yeah. rearranging a room just fucking life-changing? It really is. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was not expecting it to be this different, but holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Tiff's like crazy into like interior design and shit. So mm. every like month, two weeks, my room will get rearranged for no reason. And it's always <laughs> a nice surprise. <laughs> Deanna, what you been up to? Um, I am trying to get good at sound voltex. It's going. Ooh. And that's all I can say. <laughs> because <laughs> by like community standards I'm baby hmm. um but by my standards I'm already like three levels above where I started so yeah it's good with, with niche games you know the the average skill level you know goes crazy high because yeah, yeah, there's yeah. only like 12 people playing it and they're all you know obsessed with it oh there's more than 12 there's like Oh yeah. I don't like, know, maybe yeah, like a thousand active people playing it. And then yeah. the only problem is well something happened outside in my room. I think someone closed the door but it startled me. Um pull out your get. There I boy. <laughs> Damn. Whack I guess him with this dead. controller. <laughs> um Yeah, that's what the sound voltage is for. <laughs> it's heavy. Block bolts with that shit. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, having the controller definitely helps. It just feels better than a keyboard. 
Um, and I'm I want to start charting some songs because I've been getting into Porter Robinson's latest stuff, the Virtual Self era, and I'm. What is charting? Oh, it's when you make the make the beat map and everything, the like little playable thing oh, for the game. Like for sound voltex. Okay, yes. Okay. Um, and I want to do it with particle arts. It exists in another Bamani rhythm game that's more like DJ focused instead of buttons. Um, yeah. So it's not impossible, but I'm having some trouble like getting the BPM to sync up. I think they also have it in um, Beat Saber. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Beat Saber's fun. I've played it, like, twice. Not recently. And um, I'm getting a new phone tomorrow, Thursday. Ooh. So, that's exciting. That's what, I need a new phone. I'm... Bleh. My phone is garbage. <laughs> I was gonna have something more thoughtful to say than that, but we're just gonna move on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what have you been up to, Greg? Um, pull it not... deep from the memory banks. I did, in fact, do a deep pull, and that is why I'm in this situation right now. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, <All right. laughs> um, Sekiro. Shadows died twice. Mm-hmm. I'm still playing it. Have you it's gotten still... any other endings? No. <laughs> I've actually been slacking. Uh, I haven't played much. I've been doing uh, other things in life. Yeah. Um, but yesterday I played for one hour and got so much done. <laughs> and it felt so good. Yay! Good! <laughs> you know, I've, I've already gone through the areas and stuff, and Kind of how I mentioned before last week, this is probably the most fun from software game to be good at, and like, just because of like how fun the movement is, how quickly the fights can go if you're skilled at them, or like if you, you know, if you know how to do it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was able to just like you know, rush through, you know, stealth kill a bunch of dudes, uh, like beat you know, the mini bosses on, like, one try and stuff. And I just, like, cleared out this whole area in, like, an hour. And I was just like, oh, felt so good. It was like a... I don't think... I, I died, but, like, the... What do you call it? Like, the... The first death. I didn't experience true death or whatever. Um, For those who don't know, in Shadows Die Twice, you can die twice. That's the that's the main gimmick of the game. You die and then you can get back up and like potentially stealth kill people, but they usually take so long to de aggro that by the time you can revive they'll just spot you again. It was a cute idea, but I think I've managed to successfully backstab someone after I came back alive like twice. And every other time they just kinda spot me, which is fine. Um See See so you actually die twice? Yeah. Well, you die a lot, like. <laughs> like, but. I, I. But in one like life, you die twice. Yeah, it's because you're cursed with the dragon blood heritage. <laughs> so aren't is. I in Skyrim? <laughs> yeah, Skyrim would be sick if you could just get back up. 
see. <laughs> Anywho. I'm just... That's it? That's the gimmick? Uh-huh. That's really dumb. It has something to do with, like, Buddhist philosophy and some shit. I'm still piecing it together. Yeah, that's all um, well and good, but... Yeah. Yeah, you actually died twice. And you're a shadow. And Sekiro means one-armed wolf. And you have one arm. <laughs> From software. Great writing. I love literalism. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's right. This is the sort of highbrow metaphors you can expect from the best in video games. <laughs> from the people who just really like Berserk. Hey, man. <laughs> that's the, that's the From Software tagline. <laughs> from Software, just a bunch of guys who really like Berserk. Man, I'm, I'm coming over here from like highfalutin academic bullshit in Bloodborne. That's... Oh, man. Shadows die I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that's it. It's... it's Uh-huh. It's like the duality of man. Mm-hmm. This is, this is the Activision published one. They were like, so if you died twice in the game, we can't have people not knowing that going in. <laughs> and you're a shadow. <laughs> so shadows die twice. <laughs> Tagline. Kids love And you're also colons. a one-armed loner. Yeah. Wow. Kids love colons. You know about Marvel no, Endgames? Kids don't even like commas. <laughs> Do you know how many Oxford commas I see on a daily basis? Not enough. One. Ox. That's it. Colon That's all endgame. I, I'll step down. I know some people have very strong feelings about the Oxford comma. I'm just saying it went to college for a reason. <laughs> I don't understand how you could be against the Oxford comma. I've never it's, seen a situation where a sentence would not be improved by it. It's always clear and concise. Yeah, maybe you could save a keystroke sometimes, but it's, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> it's you're good right. Thing. But yeah, the main reason I haven't been playing Sekiro is because P plus came out. Let me tell you about the worst branding in the history of everything. P plus? So, P plus. Like P2? Like piss 2. <laughs> <laughs> the sequel sort to of. piss. <laughs> <laughs> no. So P plus is... So pretty much the PM community starting to die. Go on the down low just because, you know, all the memes and stuff about how it's like a banned game and... You know, people and people being upset about the whole lack of patches and being abandoned like halfway through is kind of how the community feels. So 3.6 was the last patch that came out in the game. And there was lots of testing of things. Like, for example, they gutted Bowser and kind of reworked him. And they wanted to start low and kind of bring him up. And then development stopped. So Bowser was just the worst character in the game. Similar thing happened with Pit. So the PM community kind of got together. They got a few, you know, prominent figures, modders, and high-level players to kind of come together and design a sort of quote-unquote final patch to the game where they tried to rebalance a bunch of things, kind of lower the power levels of the top players, 
or, or the top characters and bring some of the lower people up. Um, and so uh, the the beta just came out. So this it, it's not like a it's not like a one patch. That was kind of like the the vision of it per se. But um, it's going to take them more than one to get it done. So effectively, at some point, they're going to release like a final finished version of it but for right now it's only in beta and that's what i've been playing because they buffed bowser Ooh. and i do so love bowser He's, yes um, <laughs> I, I honestly don't it was like weirdly later in my life which is like the weird thing it wasn't like i grew up and i saw bowser in mar 64 and was like oh shit he's so cool now nah, i was scared of bowser when i was a kid <laughs> Especially in '64, we had like those sunken eyes, and like all oh, of it. Oh, he he's like actually scary, yeah. but not in like the way they want him to be scary. <laughs> yeah, because like the, the arenas are always like dark and like weirdly lit. It's like, oh, here is him in a deep shade of blue, and uh, but yeah, it so was and like purple. the scary music. So I was scared about it, but like randomly, I think it was we were playing brawl. And I figured out I could grab people and jump off the stage. God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the beginning of my love of Bowser. That just something clicked that day. I uh I was having so much fun and I was like, you know what? Me and you, Bowser, ride or die to the ends of the earth. And so here I am, eight Bowser t shirts later, a Bowser GameCube controller. And maining the worst character in PM. <laughs> so he's not so bad anymore. They're actually probably going to nerf him, to be honest. Um, I don't think he's too powerful, but he got some uh, base stat buffs. And um, it kind of caused some of his like weird moves to become extra, extra bullshit. And kind of cheesy, so they're um, they're uh, gonna kind of lower some of that stuff. So yeah, P plus PM is back alive. The community has been rejuvenated, um, somewhat. We'll see how long it lasts, but I do plan to get more involved because you know I've been playing PM like casually for a long time. Um, and so I'd like to get more involved in the community, um, you know, go to more tournaments, maybe even start commentating once I gain enough knowledge, because <laughs> right now all I know is how to play Bowser, and, like, that's about it. <laughs> it's, like, low-key one of the only reasons I want to get good, because I think I could be pretty good at commentary, but I just like the knowledge at this point. And I don't want to be another one of those. <laughs> I, feel like I feel like you'd also be really good at commentary if you were to like gain the knowledge. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'd watch every PM match you commentated. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, so I just need to focus on getting knowledge. I find fighting games... I was talking to Andrew about this. He was DMing me about um, the complexities of the Astaroth versus Nightmare matchup and Soul Calibur. Mm -hmm. And we ended up just, like, spinning off into discussion about just, like, fighting game design in general and how, like, fucking nuts it is. 
mm. and how it doesn't get enough respect i feel like i mean game design in general i feel like doesn't get enough respect <laughs> um yeah but like fighting game design is like on a whole nother there's like so many levels of things you need to consider like there's like so many like little things yeah. you have to pay attention to mm. because it's it's one of those things where like any one small change could make or break an entire character or an entire game yeah and there's just like there's just like st- so much like stuff you should prioritize like even something like who is your best character like yeah. who is the best character in the game kind of have huge impacts on the meta game and like how the game is received like for example i think if fox wasn't the best character in melee it would be a bad game <laughs> like may- maybe that's a strong statement but like it would be like half as popular as it is um like snake sorry snake whoa fox is the perfect top tier because he is extremely powerful but is also like the hardest character in the game and he gets fucked up he can if you make a mistake he can get fucked up by pretty much everyone under him even like the garbagiest of garbage characters and so what ends up happening is that like there's always this ebb and flow with Fox where it's like if the Fox is playing out of his mind, he seems unstoppable, but like he could easily just get fucking like three stocked and like <laughs> in like the next game. And so there's always this interesting ebb and flow where where you're not entirely sure what's gonna happen. And Fox is one of the most like uh uh what do you call it? Like one of the flashiest type of characters. So there's always that, like, high adrenaline of, like, seeing a fox played well. And then you compare that to, like, say, if Sheik was the best character in the game. It's like Sheik is, can be interesting. Um, but generally, she just got long hitboxes that come out fast and have low lag time. And she's just kind of hard to box out. And she pretty much crushes every low tier under her. The only people that can beat her are like the people who are higher above her. So if she was the best character in the game, that would pretty much just be only the top three may apply. Everyone else can, you know, get the fuck out because everyone's going to be playing Sheik and you can't beat Sheik without, you know, playing Fox or Marth or something. Actually, I think Marth loses to Sheik. So yeah, just something like that. Just like who is your best character can do so much for your game. If it's someone who people view as lame then no one's going to want to play your game because they're going to be frustrated most of the time if it's someone that's considered hype you know they can do a lot to keep people interested in playing um because they'll enjoy the matchup they see most often and that's just like one of like a thousand things (laughs) that you have to consider when when like just balance like the design of balance the the design of balance is like so so nuanced because like you want everything to be fair but also if everything is totally fair the game's totally fucking boring yeah so like you need this like you need good and bad matchups you need like advantages and disadvantages but at the same time if you make them too strong then your the balance doesn't matter so it's this really really like hard thing to do there's this really good video i forget by who on the concept of like fighting game balance i should send it to you yeah i'm like super interested i could literally i could spend the rest of my life fucking studying fighting games i find them 
infinitely fascinating. Mm. Um, yeah, like for example, it's been a while since I shit on it, so I don't feel too bad. Overwatch that has a design of hard counters, and it 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 just pisses me off. I really hate like like I'm totally fine with having a bad matchup. I main Bowser and PM. The entire yeah. cast is a bad matchup, but it's not a hard counter. Some people might argue he has some hard counters, but in Overwatch, it's like if I'm playing Lucio and I'm fighting the monkey, I literally, literally cannot do a thing. <laughs> there is no, there's no way I could possibly outplay the monkey because the monkey just walks at you and holds left click. I can't do no cool wall jumps to avoid him. I can push him back and then he'll just jump back towards me. Like He's just designed to beat Lucio. And also the way the game works is that Lucio's, his hitbox is so small and he's so fast that unless you're super good, he also counters half the people who have to shoot at him. <laughs> so, so I can literally just do whatever I want versus like half the cast. And it's like, then, so they pretty much have to pick the monkey in order to beat my Lucio. I, things have changed, so it's probably, I probably sound dumb to people who still play the game. But so effectively the hard counter system meant that not only did I hate fighting the monkey, it also forced the enemy team to pick the monkey. <laughs> so it's just like, that's that's what hard counters do. <laughs> it's just like, you, you pull out your weapon, then they look at it, they pull out their weapon that beats that weapon, and you pull out your weapon that beats that weapon. And I'd much prefer the, the nuance of like, okay, their team is at an advantage, but theoretically, if we outplay them and keep our weaknesses in mind, then we could still come out with a win. But it doesn't matter how much I understand that I can't beat the monkey. I just cannot beat the monkey. <laughs> so I, I I'm not I'm not a huge fan of hard counters is is the gist of the gist of this point. <laughs> but anyways, on to the main podcast topic. I chose this when I was in a sound mindset. And now I will try to have a nuanced discussion where I ask questions and shit about objective aesthetics and how it relates to games. It doesn't necessarily have to be games, but that's generally something that I focused on. So objective aesthetic. Effectively, what that is is the idea that we can kind of prove or there is some metric by which a piece of art can be better than another piece of art. So first I got to ask the panel. Do y'all do y'all think objective aesthetics is is a thing? Does it even exist? Is it if so? I don't have a follow-up question. Answer answer the first one. Um <laughs> I think there are trends in like what's hip and like what people like to look at. But I don't think there's one objective aesthetic that is like, yes, always good. Except for pixel art. Yeah, I, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of in agreement with, <laughs> with that. Um, what was I going to say? I think there are like gauges in which you could apply objective aesthetics. Like some techniques are better than other techniques. But like there's a lot of nuance and like it's really like dependent on context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's it's definitely something that's pretty complicated. But then I always think back to Dan. What's your favorite movie? If you can name one, one of your favorite movies. 
Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth. Is Pan's Labyrinth better than Suicide Squad? <laughs> I mean, I would say yes. <laughs> I feel so like I'm like I get it. There's always this, you know, idea that everything is completely subjective. But at the same time, I feel like there are it's a few like, universal it's, truths. It's not subjectivity. <laughs> is like definitely a thing but i i also don't think that anything can be a hundred percent subjective just like how nothing can be a hundred percent objective unless it's like math yeah (laughs) um so yeah so i kind of want to tie this into into uh to 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 reviews and it, it doesn't necessarily have to be reviews um I'm curious as to what y'all think, based on your perspective of objective aesthetics, the role of reviews, whether it's movies or games or whatever other things get reviewed. (laughs) Um, What is the role of the reviewer and how should they keep this idea in mind? Hmm. Um. Sorry if that doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, c- I, I kind of, I kind of think I get what you mean. Like, uh, how should a reviewer implement that into like how they rate a game or a movie or a book or shit like that? Yeah. Oh, I think if it helps like tell the overall story of the game, then it should be considered a like a plus. But if it doesn't, it should just be like a neutral like. This doesn't work out. Maybe not a derogatory mark, just like a okay. Because <laughs> you know, like it's... art is subjective. It, I think. Uh, again, it has to like, like uh, objective aesthetic works under specific contexts and not all. Like you can't put it when you're looking at something that's like purely an artistic choice. Um. I think you could put it in uh, the concept of like level design, for example. You know, there are there are things that objectively do not work <laughs> in standard level design. You know, there are things that uh, are tried and true and typically work out really well. And for something like that, I could see it uh, working out very well. But it's definitely a a, a pick and choose kind of thing. Like, uh, for example. Uh, don't use it for like the general aesthetic of the game you know that's more of a sub uh, uh, like the, the visual aesthetic of a game that's a more subjective topic but like doing it for like i don't know enemy placement you know things that have like a design a defined design structure to them i think is where its place should be yeah it's um yeah this is something i find super interesting Especially in the world of game design, because lots of there there are lots of like kind of like how you were saying, there's a lot more of an objective element to many elements of game design. But I do feel like sometimes people get too stuck out on like the rules of it per se. The yeah. the way I like to look at it is that there are design choices and there are effects. <laughs> um, so like some things, some design in some games. Uh, would be what I would consider the wrong choice for the game and that same choice in another 
would be a great choice. For example, in ah oh, fuck the the game you like, Diana, you kill people with doors. A very synthwave, Hotline 70s Miami? murderer, Hotline Miami. There you go. So in Hotline Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that was like a journey for you. <laughs> Holy shit. I really like the doors aspect. Honestly, probably hitting people with doors is my favorite. Oh, part no, of the you don't kill game. people with doors. You can knock them down with doors. Yeah, and if and you're then playing you the Don Juan in. mask, you can kill them with doors. Let's just get yeah, one yeah. thing fucking straight, okay? <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah, I think Tony hit- in the first game kills with doors because that's technically a fist. I don't, I haven't played it in a while. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. All I remember is I would hit people with doors, and then you'd bash their head, yes. and then it would explode. Yeah. Always, always a lot of fun. Anywho. So, with Hotline Miami, when you die, you come back like, it almost seems like even before you finish dying. <laughs> like, that shit is like, <laughs> instantaneous. Great design decision for that game. Would not work in Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah. Um... The games have, you know, completely different tones and themes and gameplay loops. And this is, you know, this is one of the things that I find, you know, infinitely fascinating about design and that you always have to kind of keep these things in mind. You almost can't make rules. There's probably a better example than the one I gave. But that's the best I come up with without a brain. Um <laughs> But yeah, there's the, you always have to keep these things in mind. There's always, you know, with lots of art, there's like the rules that can be broken. And I feel like that's something that should be tapped into more, I guess. Um, there's something that, uh, this is one of the first things I was taught uh, in my film classes, was um, follow the rules unless you have a reason to break them. Hmm, I like that. Like, don't just break the rules because you want to. Have a defined reason as to why you're doing it and know it. And if you know the reason you're doing it, then it's probably going to turn out fine. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So that makes, you know, because I've dabbled in the idea of being a reviewer. um, And... It just seems very, <laughs> very strange to me. This whole trying to balance what aesthetically I enjoy versus, you know, perceived objectivity. Because, you know, there's always this weird tug and pull where it's like, I don't think this game is very good, but I enjoy it. Like, do yeah. I do I give it how much fun I had score like for example if I was reviewing the room as a as a film critic probably my favorite movie of all time <laughs> but would I give it a five stars I don't know it's it's I, I don't know if well it's it's actually um on the on the topic of film this is uh something I I know a, quite a bit about uh, it's kind of my degree uh <laughs> so I think when judging a film uh intent is more important than anything because the context of like what is this movie trying to do is going to change how you rate it entirely. Um for example, The Room when it was made 
was not trying to be what it ended up being. It wasn't trying to be this, like, funny as fuck, so bad it's good movie. It was completely serious. It was supposed to be an actual drama. Yeah. So judging it from that intent, it's terrible. <laughs> Objectively terrible. <laughs> You know, at the same time, like if you look at something like the new Power Rangers movie that came out like a year or two ago, uh, if you're just looking at it as like a general movie, it's it seems to be like kind of whatever, cool action scenes, but like the writing is a mess, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But when you look at it from the intent of it's supposed to be a big dumb Power Rangers movie that's paying tribute to how big and dumb Power Rangers was, it goes from like a six to a mm -hmm. ten. Yeah. So context uh, is ve I feel is very important in in relation to objective aesthetic because it changes what specifically the objective thing you're looking for is. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I I agree with that. Hmm. So, as a consumer, keeping this in mind, what draws you to like a to a reviewer if you follow any. Um, I don't. I mean... Just if they have similar taste to me, really. Yeah. If they're gay. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> if they're not a white dude. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest. Hey, this, is a, this is a safe place. It's my Honesty podcast. If you want to talk shit, you can throw yeah. hands. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, email us at throwhands at gmail.com. <laughs> throwhands at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's my only criteria. Oh, and the McElroys. <laughs> when they did gaming stuff, I listened to them because they know what they're about. Hmm. Yeah. I just kind of look for people with similar opinions to mine. Like someone, uh, you know, he, he doesn't make much content anymore. He's mostly a Let's Player and a streamer now, but Pro Jared, back when he made reviews... Uh, chances are, if he liked a game, I would like a game. And if he didn't like a game, I wouldn't like a game. And I really use that as, like, a bar. Yeah. Okay, so, though... So... Well, sorry. Extrapolating off of that, you, would you say, as a reviewer, you should just kind of make your... Kind of, like, make your, like, personality and taste known, and then... Oh, use absolutely. that to to like uh as like a framework to all your reviews absolutely like um what was it something happened I forget. it was donkey it was donkey and kingdom hearts so uh donkey has gone on mul multiple times saying about how he doesn't like jrpgs right he just absolutely does not like them and that's fine uh but then he dropped a review of kingdom hearts 3 because you know the youtube algorithm yep and it it was just him like shitting on the game entirely, and uh, people were like, "Well, you you've said you don't like JRPGs. Why are you going out of your way to play this game? You know you're not going to like." Yeah. And like, I don't know. I I feel like doing that skews the perspective and makes that kind of review like not as legitimate because. If if you do that kind of stuff, like like saying you weren't a fan of a game and the review is perfectly fine, but like if you know that 
your taste is what's going to be stopping you from enjoying a game that might not really be as bad as what you think it is, then you probably just shouldn't review it. Yeah. It it takes the objectivity out of reviews. And it's not... Like, I understand, like, Let's yeah. Players aren't supposed to be, or, like, aren't expected to be as professional as, like, game reviewers or, like, out, like media outlets. But if they're reviewing a game that they wouldn't normally play, I think they still have to hold themselves to that standard. Yeah. So, like, implement your personality and your taste, of course. I think it's something really important to determining not only what you would like, but what, you know, people who have similar tastes to you would like. And... Also, if if you keep it purely objective, it's kind of like fighting game balance. If you're too objective, it's lame as fuck. <laughs> but like, yin and yang. Just learn what skews it and what doesn't, and make sure to make that like apparent in your review. And don't just don't treat your taste as part of the objectivity. Hmm. All right. That's all about all I can think about when it comes to that topic right now. I'm sure there's more locked away. And as I'm editing <laughs> this, I'll be like, fuck. But alas, we cannot choose these things sometimes, you know. You just get high. Ah. Um. Yeah. So that's about all I can think of. I don't know what time we're at. Also, forty fifty-eight. Forty-one minutes. All right. Well, this has been the life cast. Ooh, another this short is... episode. Yeah, we're keeping Ooh. it short. Ooh, I kind of like um, this. Um. Not not because I didn't enjoy recording for an hour and a half. <laughs> I Don't just think it's a lot to podcasts listen to. Of, of, of days old. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to answer that on air. <laughs> Livecast.net for all your podcast needs. I'll be back. <laughs> but I think last week I was like, I'll come back like more. Yeah, you were. Composed. <laughs> yes. I think I'm a little bit too composed now. <laughs> um. Um, I just released a new episode of This Bitch of an Earth. It's episode hey. 12. Um, it's also a short one. And I Twitch stream now on Mondays hey. at twitch.tv slash nerdco. Are we doing plugs? Is this the end of the podcast? We're doing plugs. Yeah, we're doing plugs. Yeah. Dan, oh, do you plug. got plugs? Plug us up. Uh, subscribe to that blasted salami. Hey. <laughs> you do a uh, lot of also, work for them, I, and I, I will I second I, too, that. am streaming now. Twitch.tv slash MechaManDan. Nice. Probably Tuesdays. I might change that because Dragon Ball Fighters server maintenance tends to happen on Tuesdays. <laughs> um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a lot of plugs. Um, Follow me on Twitter. Oh, yeah, Twitter. At yeah. Nerd. Twitter. <laughs> Follow me at Twitter. <laughs> Follow me at Twitter. Follow me at Jack. I've hijacked his account. And I own Twitter now. We're going to make it good, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't remember if I... Thelifecast.net. Yes. We got other podcasts. Um, Thelifecast.network if you want a, a short preview or if you want to contact us. I'm about to put that shit in right now. Network. It looks so oh. good. 
Oh shit, hundred percent. We make what is this? Right? It's oh, our shit. it's our online business card. Yo, this is clean. Yo, visit the livecast.network. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the livecast.net is where we host all our podcasts. The livecast.network is where the real shit goes down. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. Ooh. Yeah, look at this clean ass clean. This is nice. The reviews are in. Half half <laughs> of this network is like, damn, it looks good. And the other half <laughs> hasn't seen it yet. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Anywho. So yeah, the podcast is over. I guess we could just shoot the shit if y'all wanted to. Yeah, don't forget then... to tuck in your homies. Check in on your yeah. boys. Your yeah, your cool. boys, your gals, your non-binary pals. Make sure everyone's okay. Yeah. Even the strong ones. Especially the strong ones. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the what? So what? What's happening with Persona? Are they doing a remaster? Though I don't fucking know. <laughs> I just it's uh the same thing as Persona Four Golden. So, uh, a remake with a bunch of changes to the writing and the storytelling. <sighs> I already put a lot of time <laughs> in this game. <laughs> you know when your game wasn't good enough, so you got to remake it and like punch it up a little bit. Damn. They've done this for three and four as well. Jesus Christ. And it's always had this kind of timing. The the difference is Persona 3 and Persona 4 kind of didn't need it. Like, they were yeah. already good without it. Make Kanji bisexual, you cowards. Because he is. They, like, hint at it. Yeah, they hinted at it, but they didn't ever act on it. So it's just queer baiting. Yeah. I mean, when did that game come out? Persona 4? Yeah. 2008? 2008. came out in 2008 the anime came out in 2010 or 2011 and golden came out in 2012 2013 did persona 5 really come out that long ago persona 4 no no persona 5 with the remake does it have the same timeline is it out yet what are we it's it's not a a a four-year difference but it came out in japan in like 2017 okay so i think so in japan it would be like closer to the time difference wait is persona 5 two years old in the states i don't know it was out in japan a year before it was out in the states yes i remember that no it was 2017 because it was it a best of 2018 no was it it was 2017 here 2016 in japan then yeah. So, three so in Japan, it's been three years, yeah. and it's not gonna be out until the end of 2019 in Japan. Yeah, in so like, actually, yeah, almost almost about the same time. Wow, they really, they're oh, their minds. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I've said my piece about that game. Um, also, did we stop recording? Because I'm still running. No, I'm still, I'm running. still running too. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> this is this is we're shooting the shit. Yeah, it's um, a good thing to put right at the end. Uh, I put a lot of time in that game, and even though I had like about three good things to say about it, I'm low key <laughs> kind of curious as to what's gonna change. <laughs> I'm just upset they didn't bring they, it to the Vita. 
That's what they made Persona 4 bearable. <laughs> Other than it being great. Yeah. I mean, because the thing is, for me, um, Persona 5 was... It 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 felt like um like wasted potential. So with changes, I feel like I could really enjoy it, but I also don't want to put a hundred hours into any video game. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I don't know if they're. I doubt they're gonna pare things down, so it might just be a longer game. Ew. Ugh. I mean, they're not. I don't think they're taking out any content that was in the first one. They're only putting more in. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your game's, we got some wild shit though. Like already... Morgana has a human form now, yeah, like Teddy did. In we don't. 4. We don't have to talk about that. But your game's already a hundred hours long. You really think you have the audacity to command that much more of my attention? <laughs> who do you, who do you think you are? At last. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Is that supposed to mean something? Yeah. Um, it's a joke. Yeah. I know they're a very revered company. I just kind of don't care about Persona Five. That's fair. I don't. I I thought Persona Five was a fun time, and even I don't care about it. Like, <laughs> yeah. But I do care. I didn't enjoy it, but I can't. <laughs> There's a part of me that's like, I love the aesthetics and the music so much that I, I wish it was attached to a game I enjoyed. <laughs> like, oh yeah, you're going to remake the soundtrack, right? That's Yeah, that's a long-term that's a, goal. That's I wanna, a plug. Watch the yeah. space. <laughs> yeah, keep an eye on me in like five years. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do, do a cover album of that game. Hell and then just give it a lot more... <laughs> and oh, and uh, <laughs> all all the things it should all have that, had, yeah, all those things that it that it deserves. I love you know she did her best, but there's only so much you know a probably classically trained Japanese singer can do. She's actually a a Korean R and B star. <laughs> Whoa, that's <laughs> sick. <laughs> Okay, so I was uh, I was wrong on every front. I do apologize. <laughs> yeah, do your There's research before s- you decide to drag someone through the mud next time. <laughs> There's only so much a Korean classically trained R&B singer. <laughs> you know, she did about as good a job as I could expect, but that album needs black people. <laughs> <laughs> preferably a black woman but i am unfortunately not a black woman so maybe i'll just commission a black woman five years from now um <laughs> or feature i don't know we gotta i'll get jennifer hudson on the album. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it's uh we need we need that album needs stank needs some dirty dirty stank and I hope to provide that at some point. <laughs> oh, um, I have an update on my Tamagotchi situation. <gasps> fucking lay it out. Okay, so the company, I emailed customer support and they were like, well, sorry, we can't do anything. And I was like, okay, fine, whatever, I'll just wait. Waiting paid off because the order got back to their warehouse and they saw it was unfulfilled. And they sent me another one. And it, let me check the tracking on it real quick. But 
It should be here soon. Why do I have an email called Stop Spying on Our... Oh, it's about the NSA. Um, <laughs> whoa, whoa. Oh, whoa, what's this? Track via USPS, please. Label created, not yet in system. Okay, so it's not stateside yet. Oh, it just doesn't exist. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> Live disappointing Tamagotchi update. Man, I can't believe this big-ass controller got here in four days, and my Tamagotchi can't in two yeah, months. It also wasn't that custom-made. Yes. The controller. Yes. So. Okay. I should have gotten... Tamagotchi, step your shit up. I should have gotten different switches. You've been riding on your 90 success for too long! <laughs> I should have got the arcade switches. <laughs> <laughs> but they were another $60. They were expensive. And the yeah. knobs. I should have got better knobs. But that was another 150 and at that point I might as well just buy the one with the lights that's official. In another life. Or in a higher paying job. <laughs> I got new headphones. Ooh. Yeah, how's that? They work. Nice. <laughs> hey, it's better than my old ones. So I literally, I Damn. ordered a new phone on Friday. It's being delivered tomorrow. And since Friday, my phone that I'm using right now has been acting up. What's Just like fun? not working, stuttering. All of all of this BS. All that jazz. All that jazz. It's like not. It was not getting texts for a solid week before I ordered the new phone. <laughs> and then I was like, "Wait, wait, you're gonna replace me? Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Here's all your texts. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't leave me. Yeah. But now I'm getting a Samsung. I can change. I'm getting a fucking flagship phone with the headphone jack. Oh. Because that's Head a rarity. Phone, Jack. And don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. Headphone, Jack. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> I think it's about sound and color. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> Good night.